Analytics Podcast. It's Thursday, April 1st, opening day in MLB. I'm here with Stuart Gibson to discuss the Super Draft NBA slate. Yeah, hey, um, really excited with uh, MLB kicking off. Um, I think that's outside of football, actually my, my favorite DFS sport. And uh, it has been a real, um, well, it's been a lot of work to kind of get our, our site ready for MLB season, but we had a a good launch today uh, was able to kind of use our optimizer to put together a bunch of lineups on super draft. I think I ended up maxing out their, um, their tournaments. Uh, so yeah, really excited for baseball season. Hopefully that's going to be uh, a good season for us. And uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about our, our projection system there. You know, we're using StatCast data and all sorts of you know, game specific weather and stuff. So I'm super excited for that, but I know we're here mostly to talk, basketball of kind of trying to catch up uh it's kind of a scramble there in the last hour before uh mlb lock but slowly starting to kind of familiarize myself with tonight's slate looking like a ton of injuries so um yeah i'm interested to talk about it with you well let's jump in i i won't uh spoil the mlb slate if you if you played our optimizers favorites you might be a tad disappointed Hendricks is Hendricks is he's he's rebounding a bit and Kenta Maeda is doing great. So um, we'll see. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of baseball to be played today. Nice. Well, let's let's jump in the slate. So we were doing some feverish updates. Um, how how is the New Orleans situation developing? Yeah, I mean they're they're going to be thin. Uh, Lonzo, who's been out for a while, will continue to be out. So. You can plug in Nikhil Alexander-Walker into the starting lineup on account of Ball's absence. Zion has been ruled out, and Ingram is doubtful. So really expecting the, uh, you know, what I consider to be kind of the three best players on New Orleans and three most, like, high-usage players on that starting lineup to be out. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to open up a lot of value. We are extremely high on Josh Hart and Alexander-Walker. I think um alexander walker has been pretty productive in lonzo's absence uh you know you take out ingram and zion who are really the the two highest usage players on that offense think even more opportunity for him and uh yeah then you get josh hart uh, is gonna likely slide into the starting lineup play starting small forward he's probably the most ball dominant player remaining on that offense maybe a case for eric bledsoe uh but i expect hart to just get a ton of usage with um all those guys out and um, you know, just a good minutes load. Like there's the, it's kind of the new Orleans will be hurting at his position uh, kind of this like forward uh, you know, forward, but not center position that Hart plays. And I don't have, you know, too much confidence in some of these other new Orleans, you know, forwards like Jackson Hayes, you know, we'll see if James Johnson plays like, to me, Hart and uh, Alexander Walker looking like the guys to really benefit from uh, this injury shakeup in New Orleans. So uh, that is going to be a pair I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, definitely okay with playing both of those guys in the same tournament lineup at 1.7x. You don't need huge, huge games. Like Ingram and Zion are usually a pair that I try to exclude given how low their multiplier typically is. But when we're up at 1.7 with both these guys, uh, I'm fine with going with both of them in the same lineup, just given how thin New Orleans is. Now, our optimals don't have 
Nikhil Alexander Walker as a stone lock at the moment. We have him in 65% of optimals. Um, I don't know. He's close to a lock button play at 1.7, don't we think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that he's going to, you know, neither him nor Hart have forward eligibility. And then there's two guys, I think, challenging uh, Alexander Walker and Kyrie, who's, you know, playing with likely to play without James Harden tonight. Um, or has Harden already been ruled out? Uh, yeah, Harden's been ruled out. So, like, it's just going to be Kyrie. Uh, so he's obviously projecting quite well at 1.25x. That's a really good uh, multiplier for him. We saw him you know, be hyper productive last night at that same price point. So we're very high on Kyrie uh, Curry, just 1.3 feels really generous for him. Uh, not that there's a whole lot of like injury, uh, you know, circumstances that are opening up much for him. Um, just that one, three is a really good price tag on, you know, one of the best players in the league, uh, you know, super draft, you get that half point three point bonus. So, um, you know, I think uh, there are, are going to be difficult decisions to be made from a cash game perspective. Uh, it would feel that those four guys are likely to be the most popular cash game plays, but because all of them are guard only, you know, one is going to have to be cut. Um, so that's probably why there's a little pressure on uh, Alexander Walker from a uh, optimization standpoint. Now um, projection systems, will have a difficult time dealing with Miami um, Oladipo new addition to the lineup thought to be a excellent defender. Um, so now you've got uh, a very strong defensive lineup basically in Miami. Um, how do you, how do you see that playing for the golden state offense? Their point total is, somewhat depressed tonight it it does seem like curry's multiple is very uh compelling but do you see a capped upside or do you think he could go off in this spot yeah i mean that that is a good point about kind of the matchup uh that oladipo presents and definitely a low total for golden state i mean they're usually uh well above 220 and even in 230 and the 230s kind of given the matchup so two i'm seeing 217 and a half uh, so that is quite low for them. Um, yeah, I mean, that that is, I think, an instance that projection systems are going to struggle with. We don't project on player-specific defensive matchups, more uh, thinking about defenses as a team, kind of a function of a team unit, which, you know, in today's modern NBA with the way players you know offenses move around and golden state in particular i think is good at kind of using screens to create the matchups that they want you know i do still think of defenses as a a, a team unit uh that being said though i mean look when you insert good defenders into a team and of course like ariza is an excellent defender you know we're talking about a team that at the present via the insertion of these good defenders is I think a stronger defense than their underlying or historic metrics would suggest. So um, yeah, I think you, I think you make a good point there that there is uh, you know, some uh, qualities of this Miami team that are potentially going to get lost in projection systems. Uh, you know, I do think controlling for 
game total is a good way to uh, cover up kind of some of those blind spots in, you know, non-player specific, uh, non-player specific in terms of defensive matchup uh, projection systems. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think there is, uh, I guess, some merit to seeing maybe capped upside for Curry uh, on account of that, you know, elevated defensive prowess, I guess, for the Miami side. So on the guard side, we have basically a, a straightforward build on the cash side where we do Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, and Kyrie at guard. And it's hard to argue with that as your cash lineup. For tournaments, my question to you is, if you were given, let's say, 30 lineups for tournaments, I assume that all of them would have one of Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Josh Hart. My question is, how many of the 30 would have both of those two players? Um, I mean, I, I would probably let the optimizer do its work. So, I mean, like I guess I, I, I kind of like using a 5 to 10% bounce. I'd be interested to see kind of how it plays out. And I, I would be fine with... Um, you know, as, as many as kind of the optimizer is seeking to fill. Uh, I know that's a roundabout answer, but I, I wouldn't make any effort to cap, uh, to cap that pair. Um, I think given how high their multipliers are, I'm not too concerned about, um, you know, one, like obviously there are outcomes in which Hart has a massive game and Alexander Walker uh, just isn't able to get involved because Hart is so usage dominant. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think their multipliers are so low that you have to be super concerned about uh, the upside of one severely handicapping the the upside of the other. Um, so I don't know. I, if I guess if there were thirty lineups, um, I, I'd probably be comfortable with up to. Uh, I don't know, 15 to 20 that uh, have both. Uh, like I said, though, I, I, I'm not, you know, making an effort to say, all right, here's 20 lineups with both Hart and Walker. And then here's five with uh, only Hart and only Walker. I, I, I'm kind of happy to, uh, you know, set, set a bounce, set a bounce uh, percentage, uh, you know, set some other grouping rules like, uh, you know, preventing too many, low multiplier guys, too many players, maybe from, uh, you know, like, I'm not sure that I want to say like Denver guys like Jokic and uh, Murray and just kind of let it play out how it plays out. Um, you know, it is a somewhat small slate. So uh, definitely not feeling like the slate is so large or there's so much value on the slate that I, you know, can't play both of these guys that I think are just clear values and, you know, they just happen to be on the same team. Well, we see that the same way. Um, moving on to forward, I mean, this turns out to be quite a chalky night of NBA. Um, there are compelling reasons for the three guards we mentioned, Kyrie, Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, there are also very compelling reasons for two forwards tonight. Kawhi, because LAC has told us early that Paul George is out for the night and he's going to have dominant usage in a 219 total that is 
closely contested against Denver. Um, so he makes for a tough fade. And then again, um, Gordon Hayward will make for a tough fade. Um, I would suppose that Hayward is your preferred fade among those two. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of like Hayward just given the, the extra multiplier. I mean, like obviously, uh, all else equal, I, you know, prefer Kawhi Leonard, just a you know, better, a more productive player. But I think when you have that extra, uh, 0.25 X on Hayward, uh, to me, that is, uh, I think a pretty compelling multiplier. So of those two, I think my preference would be to lean a little bit towards Hayward. Okay. Um, but you're still going to have a lot of Kawhi, right? We have sure. our, our yeah. optimizer currently has 95% of Hayward and 94% of Kawhi. Of course. Yeah. And yeah, I am happy, happy to have both. I think both are, uh, you know, cash game viable. Um, if, if I were, I'm just, like there's not there's not forwards I see that I would prefer to have over either of those guys, um, but I don't know if I were somehow building lineups where uh, I don't know maybe doing like single entry tournament and you know wanted to uh, differentiate but was okay with kind of getting one uh, chalky piece. My my preference would be to go with uh, Hayward, and I think Kawhi would just be more owned uh, than than Hayward for tournament purposes. Now, BAM is 1.25 multiplier. Um, he is also a very strong play. Um, we, uh, we have him in about 60% of, of optimals. Um, seems like a strong spot, but, but that, that third forward spot, you have some other guys that have have pop who are some of the forwards you think have good tournament pop tonight yeah well i do like DeRozan. uh there are a number of injuries stacking up yet again for san antonio uh lonnie walker continues to be out and kind of secondary guys like trey lyles and Keita bates Jop are going to be out so the san antonio is a little thin uh atlanta i think is a good defense to attack and uh yeah i mean DeRozan remains kind of the most played, most used uh, player on the San Antonio offense. So I like DeRozan a decent bit. Um, boy, I mean, a really uh, kind of a, a deep play, but I think he's got, you know, some pop as uh, Jackson Hayes with uh, so much uh, injuries kind of stacking up for the New Orleans front court. I could see Jackson Hayes getting a decent bit of run. Uh, I don't think he's got like 30 minute, um, you know, type, type run in him tonight. But, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing him bunch next to like a guy like Nick Claxton and, you know, Hayes just has that two X multiplier on him. That is, uh, you know, I think with the super draft format, there are few guys that are at the two X ceiling that are really in play, but because of the injury circumstances tonight, Hayes feels like one of those guys, uh, you know, Terrence Mann, I, I have kind of liked a good bit over the past week with um, Paul George out. Uh, they looks like they've brought his multiplier down a little bit. I think he might've been a one eight five the other night. I think he could be in play. Um, I could see people getting scared off of PJ Washington 
Um, you know, he was a complete dud the other night. Um, you know, I think he could be a fine spot to go back to, you know, he got just his minutes curtailed in a big way because of early foul trouble and just kind of never really established himself in the flow of the game. And, you know, Hayward went off. So I could see, uh, you know, people getting scared off of Washington. And I think the, uh, you know, the thinking behind the play remains there. Uh, you know, he's in a 30 plus minute role, uh, assuming he can stay out of foul trouble. And there's kind of usage that's been opened up by the uh, injury to Alonzo Ball. And, you know, I think as of late, it's been a lot of Rozier and a lot of um, Hayward and Devontae Graham. But, uh, you know, I, I think at 165, P.J. Washington kind of warrants some, some further consideration. And, uh, yeah, just hope he can stay out of foul trouble tonight. Yeah, I think he's a strong tournament play, a strong um, strong option in, in lineups without Hayward. Um, Jackson Hayes, he's had tournament winning uh, performances before. It's the type of game where you might think they would give the 20 year old talent some run. Um, he, he seems like a strong tournament play. DeMar DeRozan has always been underplayed in tournaments. People uh, neglect the simple fact that if you just chart his distribution of performances, he has tremendous variance in his performances. And that's exactly the type of guy that you want in tournaments, someone with access to real upside. And 1.3 multiplier is quite quite generous for a usage monster like DeRozan. So he's, he's a great play. Um, and at the center position, we have, we have, I think, multiple ways to go here, which is always great for a tournament slate. Let's start with Cash. What's your favorite... Uh, cash game selection at center yeah I think Jokic is probably the safe uh, certainly the safest play uh, but our projections do give a slight edge to Zubac who you know I I, I probably lean towards Zubac I guess um, you know I think just the one six multiplier on him is uh, you know I think uh, just gives him a lot of pop you know Serge Ibaka I think continues to be out uh, you know, Marcus Morris is questionable and I could see that, you know, maybe uh, lending itself towards Doc Rivers leaning a little more on Zubac as kind of the uh, front court player of choice. Uh, Paul George, I think also, you know, being out maybe helps Zubac a little bit as there's slightly more usage to open up. So, uh, yeah, I like Zubac a good bit. Um, I, I kind of reserve him more for tournament play, but uh, Jakob Pertl, I think, is always compelling uh and he kind of remains at this uh mid to high one uh or kind of mid to high multiplier and the guy just is like a lock for 30 minutes every night uh just gets a ton of rebounds can block shots uh can score when he gets kind of the opportunity so i like Pirtle a lot for tournaments uh, i think he has a little more variance than you would like for cash game purposes but certainly don't think he's out of the question for cash either I, I will conclude by saying Stephen Adams is also worthy of a tournament sprinkling. He hasn't been a super high upside guy historically, but I think I think he's got enough pop for tournaments in this spot. I think you can sprinkle him in at around a twenty percent exposure. Um, that's what our optimizer likes. Yeah. So 
interesting question about kind of Hart plus Alexander Walker. How like how many Pelicans is too many? Is Hart plus NAW plus Adams too much? Starting New Orleans kind of. Uh, well, as as you've said, the there's far more reason to avoid. Let's just say on a night where um, Kyrie and Harden both project very well, um, there's far more reason to avoid the low multiplier players. When you get high multiplier players, there's a reasonable chance that two or even three can get there. Um, because Steven Adams is uh, not a monster performance guy historically, I, I personally would just make the rule uh, max two. But in cash, well, I, I might not do it in cash games tonight, but I, I personally would go max too. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree with that. Like, I think you could do two starters plus Jackson Hayes. Adams plus two wings is a little dicey. I definitely wouldn't want to be doing like Hart, Alexander Walker plus Bledsoe. I just don't think there's enough usage to go around for all three of those guard wing players to get there. Yeah, I, I don't know. A better, uh, better judgment probably would, would suggest maybe not to go up to three uh, Pelicans unless you have like a kind of off rotation guy like uh, Jackson Hayes or like maybe Josh Hart doesn't start and I don't know, they go with some weird rotation where Josh Hart's kind of the sixth man. Uh, but yeah, rostering three guys in the same kind of rotational unit to me feels a bit dicey. And I don't know what we have a five game slate. I would say if it was like a three or four game slate, maybe we could entertain the idea, but um, with five games, you know, I think there, you would just need like multiple of those other games to go severely under uh, you would need Jokic to have kind of a, a, a down night. Um, so yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you there. All right, everyone, that'll cover it for the uh, NBA slate tonight. Good luck with MLB tomorrow. We will be uh, back on the pod tomorrow.